really is no one like Jesus. There is none beside him. But, you know, one of the things I never want to lose is the wonder of who he is. So, Father, I thank you today. As we start this most amazing week that we're about to celebrate, Father, would you open our eyes so that we could see the wonder of who you are. We thank you for that, Jesus. Open our eyes, we pray. In your name, in your name, amen. Well, hello, Shiloh. And we would like to welcome everyone who is listening in from New Hampshire, uh, from New England, from across the country and around the world. I always wanted to say that, by the way. Okay, now, you may say, around the world, Ed. So Greg did tell you, Pastor Ray said, there's, there's new numbers every week. But here's what I did, just to give myself a little credibility. I looked up in London, England, and yes, there is a Shiloh Church in London, England. Now, do we know for sure that somebody in London, England thinks they're going to Shiloh online, and they open up the wrong Facebook page, all right? You never know. So I just want to welcome all of you from Shiloh in London that may be listening in. We're glad you're here. My name is Ed Hires. I'm one of the pastors here at Shiloh Community Church. And our message today is entitled, A Week to Remember. Now, some of us may say, oh boy, has it been a week to remember. Actually, I think many of us would say it's been a week to forget. But I'm not referring to our current weeks. I'm not referring to the weeks that are coming up. I'd actually like to break away from some of that that we've all been inundated with. I want you to join me today in looking at a week that is like no other week in the course of history. Palm Sunday, which we celebrate today, began a time in history that is beyond your ability and my ability as human beings to even be able to grasp. A week that made everything in the past and everything that will happen in the future make sense. But the reality is that the week itself makes no sense. See, it's a week where God would have sent his son to earth to take on a, a human being's body, and now he would have done ministry, and he is about to go to a cross to suffer one of the most painful and inhuman deaths ever created by man. And why? So you and I could have hope and a future beyond just what we see on this earth. You see, it's true that many of us, heard, of us have heard this story so many times. And as that song just said, open up my eyes to the wonder, because that story told enough times, we sometimes can lose the wonder of what we are about to celebrate. In many religious circles, this week coming up is called Holy Week. So I thought, let's begin by taking a look at that word, holy, and, and define that. And here's what I found. Holy means to be devoted entirely to the deity or the work of the deity. It also means exalted or worthy of complete devotion as one perfect in goodness and righteousness. You see, this week we're about to celebrate is clearly devoted entirely to God's amazing plan. That week, all those many years ago, it was 100% devoted to the plan of God 
to Jesus, his son. And clearly, we have come to know that Jesus is absolutely worthy of our devotion. For he is perfect in goodness and in righteousness. So Holy Week would seem to be a very apt title for where we are heading in the next seven days. Let's begin today by taking a look at a first-hand account from Luke 19 about what was happening 2,000 years ago, roughly, at this time. We'll start in verse 28. After Jesus has said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. And as he approached Bethphage and Bethany at the hill called Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Tell him, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles that they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. So begins the most amazing week in all of history. You know, as you study the life of Jesus, and if you study it through the four Gospels, you're going to find something that's interesting. You're going to find that a great majority of the narratives about Jesus are actually all about this one week, this last week of his life. In fact... 33% of all the narratives in all four Gospels about Jesus are all about this last week. 33% when it represents one week, only like one half of 1% of his public ministry. See, the authors obviously knew that the week that they were in was the significant week. And as the Holy Spirit would lead them later to write of his his presence on this earth, of his public ministry, so much of it ended up being concentrated on this week. It is a week that starts with shouts of praise, but the week then disintegrates over the days into an abyss of denial and betrayal. The week would include the duplicity of Judas who would betray him, the unfaithfulness of Peter who would deny him, the weakness 
of all of his disciples who would flee the city. The ambivalence of Pilate who would sentence him to death. Add to that the agony of a holy death between two thieves. And there's a, there's a, there's a good piece here, a good ending. The old saying is, all, that, all is well that ends well. We watch this week unfold until it leads up to the most amazing event ever recorded, the resurrection of Jesus, our Savior. No one, no one could have ever thought or imagined what was unfolding in this week we're celebrating. Jesus enters Jerusalem for the last time. And up until that moment, he had avoided public acclaim and pretty much all publicity as best he could. But now, he reaches out for it. It is Passover in Jerusalem, and literally, the city is jammed with pilgrims from all over the world. He enters Jerusalem in a way that will focus all the attention on his arrival. What a dramatic change this represented for what we have seen in the life of Jesus up until now. See, no longer would Jesus say, my time hasn't come. The switch was flipped. No one, no one understood what was about to happen. Not even the devil himself. And why a cult? A more common name that we would refer to that animal as would be a donkey. The donkey back in that day was a very noble beast in that culture. Generals and kings only rode horses when they were going to war. But when a king or a general was coming into an area in peace, he rode a donkey. You see, Jesus rode into Jerusalem that day as a peaceful figure, not a military figure, which is what they wanted. They wanted a military coup to take them un, from under the pressures and the, and the persecution of Rome. You see, he came in peace, a peace that they would never, ever be able to understand at that time. But, but just as an aside, just so you'll know, Jesus is coming back. We know that. And he won't be on a donkey. He's going to be on a white steed. For he's coming for war to judge this earth. Revelation 19.11 says, Then I saw heaven opened, and a white horse was standing there. Its rider was faithful and true, for he judges fairly and wages a righteous war. And for those of you out there that have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he's not coming for judgment for you or for me. We are so blessed that we aren't subject to that particular time. But on this day, Palm Sunday, the cheers were overwhelming. The disciples were all caught up in the spirit of what was going on to such a degree that the Pharisees said to Jesus, hey, you shouldn't, you shouldn't allow them to do this. These extravagant claims that they're making about you, Jesus. Now, here's something you may not realize. In this massive throng of people, apparently the Pharisees were right next to Jesus. 
because with all the yelling and the shouting, they could talk to him face to face. So they were right up close to him, right by that donkey. You see, these men were supposed to represent God to the Israelites. But they were clueless. He was right there, and they didn't even recognize him or know him. You know, they were socially close, but spiritually distant, which is just the opposite of what Pastor Greg has been asking us to consider of being socially distant and spiritually close. But you know, before you and I judge the Pharisees too harshly, I have to tell you, I did the same thing. In high school, the latter part of high school, my college years and my, and my early adult years, I, I was somewhere between an agnostic at one point, someone who doesn't recognize or deny God, he just doesn't deal with it, and just looks at the physical part of life. And I ultimately went to being an atheist. Um, my life got turned upside down as a sophomore in high school when my dad got sick, and he lost his business, and we lost our home. I had to leave my school, my friends. I moved probably an hour away. And I went from living in a 5,000 roughly square foot home to living in a basement of my sister's house, which on top of everything else had rats. Not fun. And I was mad at God. I didn't even believe there was a God. And yet during this time, Interestingly enough, being able to look back on it, it was during this time of my life that God brought Barb, my, my wife, into my life. Why she would ever come into my life and stay in my life, if you knew me back then, that was a miracle of God. He would give me great favor through my college years, great grades. He would bring me from New Jersey to New Hampshire. I would get a bunch of job offers, but I would take one that made no sense at all based on the other ones I was offered. I took a job selling insurance door to door. And I did that because I met a man. It wasn't Jesus at that point. His name was Jack Hartman. He was my boss, but he became my partner, my spiritual mentor, my spiritual dad, and in many ways, my real dad at that time. You see, all along, I refused to see God who was so active in my life. See, just like the Pharisees, I had no interest in God. But fortunately, he had great interest in me, and the reason for that I could never explain. See, as wonderful as Palm Sunday began, it leaves us in a much different place. It began with joy and hosannas, but it ends with Jesus weeping over Jerusalem. Let's revisit those two scriptures in Luke. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, if you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. If you had only known What would bring you peace? See, I can so identify with that statement. See, that's where I was before I knew Christ. 
When that happened, when Christ came into my life, my whole world opened up. He'd always been there. I was walking with him right next to me, not even realizing it. But then my life just changed. What about today? What about you? With all the bad news that you and I are facing these days, there is still only one way to find peace. It hasn't changed. And it's always, always, always going to be the same. It is through a relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, we know this. But if you are out there listening to this and you've accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, all around you are people that don't have peace. They don't have joy. They don't know where they're going. They're confused. Some are angry. They're afraid. They're depressed. All around you. We have something to bring to those caught in the midst of this pandemic. We have hope. You know, if we go back to that amazing Holy Week, why were all these people, why were they shouting praises? Why were they laying down palm branches in their coats? A couple of things about Jesus. Jesus did things that were just electrifying. His words spoke to their hearts, and they had this unmistakable ring of truth, just as they do today. Blind eyes could see. Lame legs surged with vitality and power. And those who had been confined to their beds were up and walking around. Because the love that Jesus had for them, it was palpable. They knew that he was powerful, but he was also gentle and kind to them, not like how they were treated by the Jewish leaders. See, this word surged into their hearts. Everyone who pressed against him, they had hope at a time when there was not a lot of hope to be had. Maybe a time that's not that dissimilar from what we're facing today when hope is in short supply. See, anyone in his presence could dream big dreams, some impossible dreams. And for many of them, they came true. I'd like to give you three questions today that I'd I'd like you to take with you. The first question is, do our hearts still stir as we realize just who he really is and what he truly did for us? I love that song, that last worship song, Open Our Eyes to God, the wonder of who you are. You know, as we approach Easter, would you set aside some time this week, turn the TV off, and just get alone, and just ponder the amazing, amazing week that is to come, that your Savior and my Savior would not only die for us, but he would be brutally beaten and die on a cross which is probably, it has been stated at least, is one of the most painful, horrific deaths you can suffer. Just get some time alone. It will help a lot with what we're dealing with in these days when we understand truly the wonder of what we have come to know. 
I have a second question, and this has to do with the whole idea of applause. You see, this day many years ago started with a bunch of applause. Unfortunately, that applause ended for Jesus. But I want to say this, because I believe this to be true. In fact, all of our lives have times when the applause ends. And that's difficult for all of us. So this is our question. Has there been a time in your life when the applause ended? You know, maybe the applause ended because of your physical body. Now, I can identify with this because I'm going to be 69 in just uh, about a week. And I'm amazed at the things I can't do at 69 that I could do at 49. And some of the things I could do that might get applause, I can't do anymore. Or maybe it's because a friendship, a great friendship ended for you and, and applause just ceased on that day. Or maybe it was a loved one that was taken from you, a spouse, a, a child, a mother, a father. And the applause in your life at that moment and at that time seemed to end. Maybe you've experienced a really great failure in some area of your life. An area where you used to get applause that that just ended abruptly. Or maybe it's a marriage that you were in that you believed and hoped would last forever. But it ended and applause stopped. See, Here's the good news about this part of Palm Sunday. For those of us who have Christ as our Savior, when his applause died, so did he. And as a result, we now have this ability to live life and live it more abundantly, the Word says. There's a life for you and for me even when the applause ends, even when we've suffered a great loss, even when we go through a pandemic and everything gets turned upside down, where we see so many suffering, and you may be one of them. But with Jesus, there's hope, that same hope that he brought to all those Israelites. So here we are 20 centuries later, and we are still feeling the effects of this week and this day called Palm Sunday. An electrifying moment of public entry and confrontation and a powerful statement about what Jesus stood for. A kingdom of the heart where men and women would be changed forever. Which now leads me to my third and final question. And this is This is the most important part of this time I'm sharing with you today. And the question is this. Are you walking right next to Jesus, but you don't even know it? See, are you like I was all those years ago, unwilling, unable to see all that God is doing for you, struggling through life, not knowing your purpose, not knowing your direction? Well, just maybe, just maybe, you turned in, you tuned into this service today, and you may be just where I was way back when. 
maybe you would like to experience the very same peace and freedom that I found. God has this way of reaching into our lives in all kinds of different ways, different times. I know I watched a program just like this, and I just know that God just told me this was my day. I didn't really know much about him. I didn't really understand even what I was doing. But I remember kneeling down by my bed and just saying, God, I've totally screwed up my life. But if you'll come into my life, if you'll help me, Lord, I know, I know I can make this work. And that's exactly what he did. In September of 1975, September 6th, 1975, God entered my life. And I've never been the same since. So I'm going to ask you today, if that's you, if you want to make a change in your direction, if you're looking all around you and you can't make heads or tails of what you're seeing, this is your day to have it all make sense. God's love is so powerful. He can make sense out of anything. So I'm going to ask you to do something fairly bold. I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer after me. And when you finish praying this prayer and you invite Jesus into your life, you will be saved. You will be a Christian. You will have the ability to have the peace that Jesus said would pass understanding. So pray with me if you would. Just repeat after me this prayer. God, I come to you today. I need you. I need you to come into my life. I need the peace that you can give. Lord, I want to turn it over to you. I want you to forgive me for whatever I've done. And I want to be a part of your family. And today, Jesus, I accept you as the Messiah, the Savior, as the literal Son of God who came to earth, took on flesh, went to a cross, died a horrible death for me. But Jesus, it didn't end there. I believe you rose from the dead. And I believe by your sacrifice, I am free. I am free to be peaceful. I am free, Lord, to set worry aside. Now, Lord, I need you. I need you to be so real in my life. And I know you will be. Father, I pray this. In Jesus, my Lord and my Savior's name. If you said that prayer and someone is in your in your living room or in your presence and they heard you, Romans 10, 9, and 10, one of the books of the Bible says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that you are saved. Now, if you're alone and you don't have someone there, then would you do me a favor? 
would you either call someone you know that's a Christian and tell them you prayed that prayer? Or would you email someone or text someone that you know? And if you don't know anybody to tell or you're afraid to tell somebody, just email me. Easy. Ed. E-D. Ed at shilohcommunity.church. Ed at shilohcommunity.church. I would love to know that you made that decision today. And I'd love to reach out to you and personally have a conversation with you and talk to you about this decision you just made. And by the way, if you gave your life to Christ at some point, but you haven't been living the right way, and you heard that prayer and agreed with that prayer, would you please send me an email as well? I'd love to be praying for you. I'd love to talk to you. This is a very important and special week that we're entering into. This Sunday is a, is a special, special Sunday that we're celebrating. I pray that everyone will take time this week and pause just for a while to again enjoy the wonder of what we are celebrating. Father, I thank you. I thank you for all that have listened in. I thank you that, Lord, you will bring the wonder in our lives as we search you and seek you. Lord, you will give us peace in the midst of a lack of applause. You will give us an understanding and a reason. You will free us from the pain of those. I pray that. And Lord, you have called some today to come to know you. In the midst of a world that is torn apart, you make everything make sense, Jesus. Your love, your mercy, your grace, your peace is there for us. And not just for us, but to take it to others. Lord, I pray a wonderful, wonderful week ahead for all those listening. I ask this, Jesus, in your precious and your holy name. Again, thank you for being with us. We uh, love and appreciate you, and, and we are praying for you. God bless you.